Thank you for listening to the Reformation Bible Church Podcast. We hope you are edified and encouraged by our ministry as you listen to our Gospel and Evangelism Sermon Series. For more sermons and resources, please visit the RBC website at www.rbcbakershield.org. Thank you once again, and may the Lord bless you. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We pray, God, that tonight as we come before you to to hear your word and to worship in listening to your word. We pray, God, that we would not only be hearers of your word, but that we would be uh, doers of your word, that we would be people that delight in obeying your word, and that as your word goes forth, it would consistently challenge us, it would sanctify us, Lord, and it would convict us of areas in our lives that are not Pleasing to you, areas in our lives that we are not obeying you, areas in our lives that we are maybe timid and not trusting in your power. Give us grace to believe and receive tonight and to obey. And God, I decrease that you may increase, become less that you can become more. I pray that you would move me out of the way so that your people would not hear me or see me, but they would hear you and see you, God. Speak to your people tonight through your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So this is the the twelfth week that we have been studying this very important subject of the gospel and evangelism or evangelism. I think that we've gained a, a number of tremendous truths, helpful truths that are helpful for us concerning the gospel and evangelism. Uh, I spoke recently to one of the guests who was with us on one of these gospel and evangelism Wednesdays, and he said I think it's great that you and your church are, listen closely, going through the basics. And I sat there and I thought about it for a moment. The gospel is not the basics. The gospel is where you start and the gospel is where you end. You don't start at the gospel and say, now that I've got the gospel, I'll move on to bigger and better things. The gospel is not the the ABCs of Christianity. The gospel is A through Z. I want you to know that. So as we're going through the gospel, you can explain that to someone else who says to you, that's good, you're going over the basics. If they say that, I would ask them, tell me what is the gospel, since you think it's so basic. Amen. There is power in the gospel. God raises the dead. Through the gospel, Christ commissions us to share the gospel and make disciples as a result of what the Holy Spirit has done through the gospel. Amen. Our lives are lived every single day as a result of and in light of the gospel. So please do not think for a moment that this has been helpful and I'm glad we're going through basics. But when are we going to get to money management as if that's more important than the gospel? Right. If you have a good understanding of the gospel, then you'll know how to manage your money because you give it to the gospel. Amen. If you have not learned yet that the most life changing, life altering, God exalting, glorifying sermon that you could ever hear is one that is about the gospel, then you've not yet learned what you need to know. We pray that your desire to share the gospel has intensified and as a result of your becoming more equipped with a clearer knowledge of the gospel. And I believe that that with that greater desire comes a greater knowledge, obviously greater knowledge, 
But questions should arise out, out of all that we've been doing for the past 12 weeks. So I think that your zeal has grown. I think that your desire to share the gospel has grown. But I think that there are still a few things that maybe you're questioning about yourself and maybe that you're questioning about the approach to sharing the gospel. And, and I think that they're simple questions. I think they're questions that, that are so simple that even in though they're simple, they seem to paralyze our zeal with some kind of fear that we may somehow fail if we present the gospel in an incorrect way or if our approach is not the best way. Have you felt that? That I'm zealous, I want to share the gospel, but there's just one thing, or there's maybe a number of things that are paralyzing my zeal. And that's a fear of maybe things like, when I'm evangelizing, how do I begin the conversation? Right? How do, how do I even start? I, I understand that you have equipped us with the knowledge of the gospel, but where do I go from there? How do I transition that conversation, which is, should be simple in the beginning, how do I transition that into a conversation about the gospel? Here's another good one that's been asked to me. How do I end the conversation? Right? I share the gospel. Now what do I do? Lead them in a prayer? Lay hands on them? What, what, what am I supposed to do after I've shared with them the gospel? Or how about this? What do I say to an atheist who doesn't believe that there's a God to begin with? Or what do I say to a person who claims to be, be a believer but... I can obviously see the way that they're living, that, that they're not. What do I say to all these people? As I've been sitting over the past uh, few weeks, these are questions that have arisen in my mind. And I said, I can't be the only one who's thinking these things. So hopefully tonight, you're thinking some of these things. And hopefully tonight, as we go through them, they will be questions that are answered for you. Next week, we're going to deal specifically with what do I do in the area of apologetics? So what do I do with an atheist? What do I do when I meet an agnostic? What do I do when I meet someone of another religion? Should I know everything about that religion? We're going to talk about that next week. This week, we're going to deal with how do I start a conversation about the gospel? Let me say that we will in no way, shape or form have all of the correct answers as we seek to address some of these important questions tonight. Tonight, we will present. Here's here's what we're going to do. Listen closely. Tonight, we are going to present some suggestions. If you're taking notes, that's not a big word that you should write down. That's just something you should keep in mind as we go forward tonight. Much of what we're going to talk about tonight is merely suggestions. They are possibly, there are possibly some things that you would consider that you maybe have never considered before. And these suggestions may work for you, and they may not work for you. So don't take what I say tonight and say that's exactly the way it's going to work every single time. This is not way of the master. All right. These are suggestions for you. They might work. They might not curve it to what's best for you and your personality. Let me say also, our personalities are all different. Uh, I was sitting with the men at the race, mm, gosh, maybe a month ago now. And I asked the question, how many of you are naturally extroverts, meaning that you are naturally outgoing people? You love to have a conversation with someone. You'll start a conversation. And there was two people out of maybe 11 that said, yes, I'm naturally an extrovert. And I understand that I'm, I'm speaking to people in this congregation who are naturally introverts, meaning that you are naturally not outgoing people. Amen. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a slight against you. That's just who you are. 
So understanding who you are is going to be helpful to how you share the gospel. Right? I'm okay with walking up to someone and just sharing the gospel with them. I'm not naturally an extrovert, though. The Lord has made me one. You ask my wife, though, as a whole, though, I'm, I'm pretty quiet. Eh, kind of, right? I'm, I'm pretty quiet. I can be. I don't need to speak all the time. But when it comes to the gospel, I've got something to say. Right? For those of you who are introverts, though you may not naturally be outgoing people, and, and there are some of you here who are that way, you have something to say even though you're not naturally an extrovert. You have something worthy to say. You have something worth to say. If you're just going out and just talking for talking's sake, then yeah, you should keep your mouth shut because you have nothing to say. But if you have the gospel with you, then you should not be silent because you have something that the Bible says is the power of God unto salvation. So why would you keep silent? Amen. So, understanding all of that, I want you to also understand this. And if you're taking notes, this is, should be something that you understand, or at least you take note on this. That, that is this. Ultimately, no matter what you say or don't say, uh, no matter how you think the conversation goes or does not go, ultimately, God determines whose heart he will change. And ultimately, God's deter- God determines whose heart he decides will remain hard. Amen. So you may walk up to someone and think, I just completely flopped. That was the worst presentation of the gospel I could have ever done. But you don't know what God might do in that individual's heart. Because God is the one who saves, not you. Amen. I'm going to say that again at the end of our talk tonight. But if you go out uh, and try some of the suggestions that, that we are doing tonight, see what works for you, see what does not. But remember, salvation is to the Lord. Salvation is, is of the Lord. The Lord saves. Let's go to Romans chapter 9, verse 15. I'm not going to have you turn to all of these. I just want you to turn to at least Romans and Matthew. And the rest I'll just say. Are you alive this evening? Oh, that's, that encourages me. Praise God. <clears throat> verse 15 of chapter 9. For he says to Moses, this is God, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Keep that that passage in your heart as you share the gospel. It's something that will encourage you when you feel like you fail. It's not up to you. It's up to God. So let's begin with with the place that I believe most believers fear. Number one, contact evangelism. Contact evangelism. Contact evangelism is also called cold turkey evangelism. It's also called spontaneous evangelism. Contact evangelism is simply when you walk up to a complete stranger and begin to share the gospel with them. Just by a show of hands, how many of you have ever done contact evangelism? You didn't know the person from Adam and you walked up to them and you began to share the gospel with them. Great. There's just a few hands. Another question, how many of you have never done that and you are honestly terrified of that proposition? Be honest. That's okay. Yes, good. This type of evangelism is terrifying to many believers because of a number of reasons. Here's some of those reasons that we talked about with John and Isaiah. People feel like they're intruding. I don't want to just walk up to them when they're having lunch or they're having dinner. 
This happens all the time when we go to the marketplace. There are many people who are sitting there having their pizza, having their Chinese food, whatever they're eating, or even just sitting with a group of people. And you almost feel reluctant to go up to them and tell them about life. Because you know they're going to say, no, listen, I'm eating right now. Don't intrude on what I'm doing. And that's understandable. But being afraid of rejection often causes people to forsake the whole journey altogether. Because they're afraid that they're going to intrude on someone and someone's going to say, no, thank you. And someone saying no to you, for some reason, is one of the most devastating things that people can ever experience. I mean, can you imagine? You have life, and you go to someone and say, would you like life? And they go, no. And you come back and go, I'm never going to do that again. That was terrible. They said no to me. There are far worse things that you can experience in your life than someone walking or someone, you coming up to someone and them saying, no, I don't want to hear it. So don't think so much of yourself and of your ego. Because that really is all it is. And when someone says no to you, your pride is hurt and you feel like now I can never share the gospel with anybody again because I've been embarrassed. Right? No, it should not matter. It should not matter. Let them tell you no all day long. It's okay. Because there will be that one person who says yes. And that's the one you're looking for. So I'll go through a hundred no's to, to get one yes. Uh, people say that they're shy. And they've never been comfortable walking up to people, let alone a complete stranger. And sparking up a, a conversation with people is, is, is horrifying to some individuals. Some people don't really know what to say or how to start the conversation. And here's another big, big reason. People don't want to go up to someone and share with them, especially a complete stranger, because they don't know the gospel themselves. And they're afraid they might run into an answer or a question that they don't know. They may, they may say something that, that's not particularly right. Listen. We never, ever say everything perfectly, right? If you said everything perfectly, then you might as well just go to heaven because you're perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things that are not necessarily correct. And listen, God is going to use you in spite of your imperfections. Don't be afraid to share the gospel because you think you don't know enough. Amen. If you fit into any of those categories, listen, don't be ashamed. You must ask yourself an important question, though. Listen close. Am I going to allow those things that I just mentioned and maybe more? Maybe you can fill in the blank for your own lives. Am I going to allow those things to deter me from obeying the command of Christ? Listen to that question again. Am I going to allow those things to deter me from obeying the command of Christ? Christ bids you. Make disciples. How can you make disciples without sharing the gospel? What comes first? Sharing the gospel. And as they repent and believe, now you have someone that you can help disciple to become a true and healthy follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you allow your hang-ups, whatever they may be, however serious we may think they are, prevent us from obeying the, the all-important command of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority. Whose authority? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? To, to me, to Christ. And in light of the authority that's been given to Christ, he then delegates his authority to his followers and says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, to obey or to observe all that I have commanded you. 
And in that process, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Christ has all authority. Christ delegates his authority to his followers. His followers are to go and do what Christ has done for them. Teach them the truth and teach others to follow in that truth. Do you realize, brothers and sisters, that is a command, not a suggestion that Christ has given to those who follow him. To share the gospel and to make disciples. This is the great commission of Christ to his disciples. Listen, to bring in the harvest from the nations into the kingdom of God. God has chosen us. Listen now, listen to to, and feel the weight of this. God has chosen us, you and me, to be a part of his great plan. To bring in many sons and daughters into his kingdom. He's allowed you. He's chosen you to be a part of that great plan. I said to our prayer group last night. But that doesn't matter. If you're just sitting at home watching television. It doesn't matter that Christ has has all authority and that he has delegated it to you. To go and to share the gospel and to make disciples. None of that matters if all you're planning on doing is not risking your life for the gospel. If all you plan on doing is sitting at home and eating until you can eat no longer. Or watching TV until your eyes are no longer useful. Or playing on the computer or doing anything else other than risking your life for the purpose of the gospel. Then why does all of this stuff matter? See, some of the things I'm saying to you right now may be bouncing off of one ear and going through the other. Because you don't plan on obeying this. But if you do plan on obeying this, then one of the things that you should want to do is get this right. One of the things that you should want to do is I want to be the best at or at least be better than I am at walking up to a complete stranger and sharing the gospel with them. I don't want to be content with I think I know it. And here's the other thing. Some of us don't even care because we don't plan on moving an inch anyways. In this church, you know you can't get away with that. So as we are hearing, how can I be better at this? You should ask yourself right off the bat, am I even planning on obeying this? Then the question will be, now how can I be better And I hope that those are two questions that at least you are saying yes and yes to. I am planning on obeying this. And how can I be better at it? I don't know if there's a yes to how can I be better, but help me to be better at that, right? I know that many of you are saying yes. In your heart, you were saying yes. You were saying, help me then. Help me understand how can I be more confident to share the gospel in contact evangelism? Just walking up to a complete stranger. Here's some here's some suggestions. How to begin a conversation. Suggestion. Here we go. There are many places, especially here at RBC, that you can get involved in where you will find yourself in contact evangelism, whether it is Puppets in the Park, whether it's going to to, uh, Hungry and the Homeless, whether it is at the marketplace. There are a number of opportunities where you can meet someone that you've never met before and share with them the gospel. And we're hoping to, to have more opportunities for you guys to share the gospel with complete strangers. Here are a few suggestions when you are in those contexts. Number one, and this is not even a number one, it's just a suggestion. You see someone maybe at Puppets in the Park. They're sitting with their kids. You walk up to them and you talk to them. Here's a great, or here's a great entrance into the conversation. Hey, how old is your kid? 
that should be enough for you to start a conversation. So where are you guys from? And you guys know how to do that. Where are you from? Praise God. Do you have a church? Have you ever heard the gospel? Just ask them. They will not be offended by it. They may say yes. And you may say, do you mind if I share it with you again? And then you might want to ask them after that, have you ever heard that before? And sometimes people are going to say, oh, yes, I've heard that before. Praise God. What did you do about it? There's a lot of stuff you can do. Now, that's why I say, and I want to be very careful, because every time you meet someone, it's completely different. So for me to come up here and say, this is how you're supposed to do it, every time is different. Every time is different, meaning the, the, the entry into that conversation. And those of you guys who do this, and I'm looking at a lot of you who do, you know every single time is different. A person may be sitting there at the marketplace reading a book. What's the, an obvious thing you might ask them? What are you reading? How is it? Oh, awesome. You know what my favorite book is? The Bible. You ever read the Bible? Why not? And just start asking them questions. It's easy, right? What, what's, what's not easy is, is mustering up the boldness to do that. Because you think they're going to say, get away, you weirdo. Stop stalking me, whatever, right? But who cares? All they can say is, get away from me. Hey, no problem. I'm with the church out here. We're just sharing the gospel. And then walk away. Or, or, or maybe, would you like to hear the gospel? Can I share it with you for 30 seconds? Right? There's a lot of different things that you can do. Don't give up so easily. First of all, don't be afraid to start. And then when you start, don't give up so easily. Is this a, is this a lot for you guys? It's not, right? This, this, it's practical. Okay. Maybe you're walking out with the hungry and the homeless. Wake up, Louie. And as you're out there, you see someone with a dog. What's your dog's name? It's that easy, right? Or, hey, here's a very, very simple thing. Hey, my name is Antonio. I'm out here with the church and we're just sharing the gospel. Do you have 30 seconds for me to share the gospel with you? Arturo will tell you, we were at the marketplace. There was a group of like 15 kids. They were all avoiding these 15 young kids. I finally said, let's go talk to these kids. I walked in the middle of the group. What's up, guys? We're out here from RBC sharing the gospel. Can I share with you guys for a minute? That's all it takes. And none of those kids said, no, get out of here. None of that happened. Right? I didn't get knocked out like Johnny said. I, I, that never happened. Please, right? No, none of that happened. You just, you, you have to be willing, though, to risk. Amen. Are you willing to risk someone saying you're weird? Do you realize the, 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 the privileges that you have here in this country to freely walk up to someone, ask them if you'd like, if they'd like to hear the gospel and not be killed for it? This is the one place that is so freely, that you could so freely share the gospel. It's the one place that we so, so often do not take advantage of that great opportunity. Take advantage of it. What if they're not doing anything interesting? Right? What if there's nothing? They're just sitting there. Then walk up to them and give them something interesting. How do you do that? 
I usually like to walk up to someone and say, hey, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? I'm out here with my church. Here's one of the things that I used to do that I stopped doing because I was being deceptive when I was doing it. And you don't want to be deceptive when you're sharing the gospel, which is, hey, I'm out here doing a survey. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions? That's a lie. I ain't doing a survey, right? I'm just, I want to get some questions. And so in order for, for them to be more interested, I would say it's a survey when it's not. So I stopped that and I started saying, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? I got five questions that will take you just maybe 30 seconds. They're yes and no, uh, one word answers. That's all it is. And they usually say, yeah, what do you got? And that's all, that's all it takes for me. Um, most of the time, people say yes. There are many times when people say no. You might also walk up to someone. I heard this on the Nine Marks interview this, today. And, and the individual walks up to someone and says, hey, Jesus Christ shared, changed my life. Can I share with you how that happened? That's fine. Do you see how there's so many different entrances into that conversation, though? And listen, any of them could work. Any of them can work. You decide what's best for you. For me right now, these five questions work for me. These five questions are very easy for me, and I'll share with you what they are in just a moment. You also might walk up to someone and say, hey, I was reading this passage. Do you want to help me make sense of this passage? Do you mind helping me make sense of it? And then take them to a judgment passage in Matthew chapter 5. Take them to a judgment passage. And, and ask them, do you think God could really do that? Do you think God could really judge someone for those kinds of things? And if they say yes or no, either way, point them to the holiness of God. And then point them to the sinfulness of man. And then point them to Christ who, who overcomes our sinfulness. Does that make sense? It's so, it's, it's so easy. There are a number of different directions that you can take, brothers and sisters, in initiating a conversation with someone to share the gospel with them for the glory of God. Again, ask yourself, though, am I willing to risk? Am I willing to risk reputation? Here's, an, here's a big one. Am I willing to risk my time? Your time that is so fleeting. Your time that will be here today and gone tomorrow. Are, am I willing to risk my time? And listen, if you're not willing to risk your time, then you must also be reminded that your time, again, is fleeting. And you will stand before Almighty God and he will ask you the question. What did you do with the talents that I gave you? And you might say, I, I heard that you were a, a harsh master, so I hid the talents in the ground. You know what his response to that servant is? You wicked, lazy servant. Cast him to where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you want that response from God when he stands before you? And I don't mean to scare you into evangelism. I mean for you to be aware of the command that Christ has given us to take the talents that he's given us and to share them and to multiply them for the, for the glory of God. Amen. Are you willing to risk? If you're not willing to risk, you might as well just curl up and die. You might as well. You're wasting talents. Bring a greater investment back to God that he has given you by investing what he has given to you into the harvest and then bring that back to God and say, this is what I've done with what you've given me. Christ was willing to risk. He's willing to risk it all. And we can't risk an hour. Or can we? Will we? You should. 
I would say if you feel no need to share the gospel, then ask yourself, why don't I feel any need to share the gospel? Do you hear me tonight? If you feel right now no need to share the gospel, then you should ask yourself, why don't I feel the need to share the gospel? Why is there no, why is there no urgency inside of me to share the gospel? Why, why do I assume about myself or what do I assume about myself? That I'm OK without sharing the gospel. What do I assume about God and his commands that it'll be fine when I stand before him? Or maybe ask yourself, what's wrong with me? Why don't I care? And quite possibly, you might need to hear the gospel again. Amen? Brothers and sisters, be encouraged. There is no one I know who is always excited about sharing the gospel. Every single moment. No one. No one. Be encouraged. There is not one person that I know who is supremely confident the moment before they share the gospel. Many times when we go to the marketplace, the guys think that I'm looking for some kind of of prey that I could share the gospel with. And I'm walking around and I'm stoking and I'm I'm, I'm staking out my my victim. I'm honestly praying for courage. And I'm procrastinating and I'm wasting time. And then I finally am, am so like, let's let's just do this. Let's go. And I know that's true for a lot of us. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is inside of you for the purpose of you being a witness. So testify about Christ. Romans 1.16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Keep these passages in mind when you are sharing the gospel. The Spirit of God is inside of you for the purpose of you being a witness. And it is not in your power that people are saved. It is in the power of God through the gospel that people are saved. So when you look at yourself and you say, I'm not equipped, it's not about your equippedness. It's about the power of God in the gospel. When you look at yourself and say, I'm not confident enough, your power and your boldness comes from the Holy Spirit inside of you, empowering you to be a witness. It's not about you. It's about God using you and helping you to be a part of his great plan to win the nations for the glory of God. So let's say the conversation has begun. And I don't know if I've helped you at all with how to start a conversation. I hope that I have. I hope that I've given you some, some suggestions at least to, to how to get that going. Right. So what do you do when contact has been made? So I'm in there, right? They are allowing me into their circle. They're allowing me to have a conversation with them. What do I do? Here's a really, really easy thing to remember, okay? You'll never forget it. You get into the conversation. This is the, 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 the one thing I suggest you must do, okay? It's not a suggestion. No. It's the one thing you should do. Not a suggestion from me. Do it, okay? Get in the conversation. Here's what you do. Share the gospel. You'll never forget that, right? Is that a good point? You'll never forget that point. Here's the point. Share the gospel. Share the gospel. And it may seem simple that, of course, I'm supposed to share the gospel, right? But it may be a challenge. How do I get there? You, you might not immediately arrive at a place where you can share the gospel, but you must, at all costs, if you're in there, share the gospel. Once you get in, don't get out until you've shared the gospel. 
Right? It, it don't get out of that conversation without sharing the gospel. Every conversation will be different. Every person is different. There will be different settings, but no matter what you do, share the gospel. Why? Because no matter what the setting is, even though, even though they're all different, no matter who the person is, even though they are all different, they are all in need of the gospel. And guess what? You have it. So give it. Last week you heard from Johnny. You don't have to, you, you don't have to be perfect. You, 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 it's not going to be in a structured manner all the time. That's correct. That's correct. You are not always going to be able to say, God, sin, Christ, repentance, faith, cost. You might not be able to do it in that order every single time. But here's something that you should be very aware of. As far as structure goes, it may not always be that way. But if you're sharing the gospel, there's at least a few things you must not leave out of that conversation. You must not leave out the holiness of God. Because it is the holiness of God that exposes the sinfulness of man. Which I don't want to leave out because it is the sinfulness of man that Christ came to conquer with his life, death, and resurrection. And I don't want to leave out the life, death, death and resurrection of Christ because it is his life that was lived in the place of my sinful life. That even gives me the reason to, to, to have faith and repent. And I don't want to leave out faith and repentance. Because without faith you can't please God. Without faith you can't be saved. And without repenting you'll never turn from sin. So I don't want to leave that out. And I also don't want to leave out the fact that this is going to cost you your life. Well, but it's so worth it because the reward is so much greater than the cost. I just shared with you the gospel. It's that easy. So I might say to the person, listen, I, have, I know I've only got 30 seconds, but let me tell you this. God is holy and you are not. You are a sinner in need of a savior. And guess what? God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come live the life that you could not live, to die the death that you deserve. And guess what? He rose from the dead, conquering our sin for those who would repent and place their faith in him. And let me tell you something, brother. If you do, it will cost you your life. But it will be so worth it because in the end you will be able to receive a crown of glory that is Christ himself. So I implore you, repent and trust in Christ. That was that simple. It was that simple. But you got to be that crazy to do it. You got to be that that insane to say, if I'm a fool, I'm a fool for Christ. If we are fools and we are fools for Christ. And here it is. My wife and I were in San Francisco. And we were going back and forth with this, this uh, two people, uh, this young lady who thought that she was very, very smart. And she began to share with me, uh, and I'll share this next week, she began to share with me all of her theories about evolution. And they sounded dumber the more that she spoke. Isn't it interesting how the people who think that they are so smart with their theories of evolution and their theories of science and so on and so forth sound smart to themselves. But when, you hear, when they hear themselves speak to another person... And you see that your, your response is you're speaking gibberish right now. Complete nonsense. My wife and I had maybe, maybe 20 seconds, hon. I said, I'm going to say, share with you 20 seconds. Right now you are under the wrath of God. If you don't repent of your sins, you will die and go to hell. Let's make it that, that simple and that plain. Have a good day. We're gone. So there should be some, there should be, there's some kind of cliffhanger right now, hopefully. That I pray God used to help her go to someone who she knows is a believer and said, someone just said to me this. What do I do about that? And I pray 
that God used that to water. Here's the five questions that I ask. You don't need to do these. These are just for me. I go up to someone and I say, how are you doing? Can I ask you five questions? They're very simple. They're yes or no. Some of them are just one word answers. Do you believe there's a God? They may say yes or no. Question two, who is Jesus? Someone may say son of God, whatever they might say. I don't know. Do you trust in the Bible? You believe it's reliable? They may say yes or no. They might even give me reasons why. Do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? And then finally, where are you going to go when you die? All of those questions are helpful for me. Because I can elaborate on all of those questions. I can defend the scriptures. I can defend the deity of Christ and the existence of Christ. The death and resurrection of Christ. I feel I can do that really well. I can defend the, the, the existence of God pretty easily. And then I can at least appeal to their moral nature. To the moral character that God has created them with concerning where they will go when they die. Based upon how they have lived up to that point. And I'm going to highlight the holiness and the justice of God there. Which is basically a point into the fact that you need to repent. That's that's my approach. And by God's grace, I feel comfortable talking to people about those things with ease. It doesn't always work out perfect. I don't always walk away with and it may seem like that. My wife tells me that, uh, all the time. It seems like every time you come home, someone got saved. And I told her, I, I wish it was that way. I wish it was that way because I, I usually have good stories to tell. And they're all true, hun. They're all true. Um, that works for me. It might not work for you. You might find some some questions that are that are. So let me ask you a question. Do you have a church background? And that might take you into the conversation about the gospel. You might ask them if they've ever heard the gospel. And like I said before, you might ask them if they have 30 seconds for you to share the gospel with them. You, you might want to add your personal your personal testimony, which is not the gospel, but it echoes the gospel. Does that make sense? So you share the gospel, then you want to share your testimony and how and how that testimony echoes the gospel. Right. Friends, there are a number of things that you can say. And for me to direct you to a a conversation that hasn't happened yet and how it should go would be wrong of me. What I can direct you to, though, is the gospel, because that's where the power is. You might have savvy and you might have all of these interesting entrances into that conversation, but it will be, it will be nothing. It will be worthless without the gospel. Here are some words of wisdom while you're in that conversation. Be kind. Be gentle with that individual. Look at them as if it were you unsaved at that moment. Or how you used to be unsaved. And what would you say to yourself unsaved? Now, does not mean that you don't withhold the truth of God's word? But you can speak the truth in love because the gospel is already offensive itself. We don't need to be offensive along with it. Meaning we don't need to be rude. Right? Amen. Be patient. Let that individual speak. Hear them out. If you don't have time to actually sit and talk to someone, then don't even go out. If you think this is just going to be a, a drive by, you're going to get as many as you can as you drive by. I can tell you the many times that I've gone to the marketplace, I've sat with one individual for at least 45 minutes, sometimes an hour. And that's all I needed. I was out there for that one individual. And praise God for that. So don't be so quick to rush off to the next person. Spend as much time as you can. Use discernment. If the conversation is going nowhere. Or if that person wants to be argumentative, just walk away and do so politely. Amen. 
Here's another one. Don't use big theological words to someone who knows nothing about propitiation or sovereignty. And for God's sake, don't talk about election. Please. (laughs) It's the one way to turn somebody off. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Amen. How do I end the conversation? And we'll, we'll finish with this. How do you end the conversation? How you end the conversation is just as important as how you started the conversation. Uh, again, all, it all depends on the response of that individual. So let's deal with three and then we'll be done. The positive response. If the person has a positive response to what you've said, it's important for you to encourage that person to repent and believe. But you never tell them that they have repented and believed. Do you hear that? It's important that you encourage them to repent and believe, but you never tell them that they have repented and believed. That's not your job. And as a matter of fact, if someone's sitting across from you and you say, you did it, how do you know? What comes from knowing that someone has truly repented? Fruit. So don't be so quick to call an apple tree without first seeing apples. Don't be so quick to call an apple tree an apple tree without first seeing apples. Right. You need to see fruit in order to say, yes, you are bearing the marks of someone who has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and be also careful not to necessarily what you can pray for them. That's OK. But to lead them in a specific prayer where they repeat after you and in repeating that prayer, you make them feel like now you're saved because you repeated a prayer. I think there's some danger in that. I think there is great, great zeal in wanting to see them saved, But I think there's a, there's a, a great deal of. Of a lack of discernment when it comes to understanding what that may do to that person who thinks because I prayed that prayer, now I'm safe. Does that make sense? So be careful not to do that. You can pray for them. You can say, I'll be praying for you, but encourage them above all to repent and believe. Matthew 3, 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. So it's important for you to pray for them. It's also important for you to ask them this. How can you keep in contact with them? Why would you want to do that? Because you just led that person to faith in Christ. Now what do you say to them? Bye-bye and good luck. We don't believe in luck. Bye-bye and Godspeed. No, it's your responsibility, friends, to say, how can I help walk you along in this journey now that you are a believer? So get their information. Take them to church. Meet with them. If they don't want to go to church, meet with them at a coffee shop. Go have lunch with them. You have now just begun the process of discipleship. When you've shared the gospel with someone, they've repented and believed. Now it's your responsibility to help disciple them. Now you're fulfilling the Great Commission. And guess what? That's a whole nother lesson that we're going to have to go through. Because it's easy. I shared the gospel with you. Now bye-bye. Don't bother me no more. But now you want to share life with someone. Now you're going to walk through with them what Christianity is and how it's supposed to be lived. And listen, if you're not ready to do that, then I don't know if you are ready to go out and share the gospel because they go, they go hand in hand. Evangelism and discipleship go hand in hand. Now, what if the person is undi- indifferent? They don't really believe and they're not necessarily denying what you say. Don't let them be comfortable. Don't tell, tell them, oh yeah, take your time, no rush. When you're ready, no. You say to them, 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. There is no waiting. Today, right here, right now, if not, the wrath of God abides on you. That's deep. If someone is saying, I don't, I don't really know, don't give them a, a pass and say, well, when you're ready. No, make them feel uncomfortable. 
in their indifference. And yes, it is God's timing. But don't let them feel like, eh, whenever you're ready. God is calling you to repent today. Right now. And who are you, old man? You, may not, you, you don't know that your life may be required of you this night. Which has been taken to mean, tomorrow is promised to no man. Which is not in scripture. But the point is, you don't know if you're going to live tomorrow. God may require your life now. So don't wait. Amen. Amen. I'm not telling you something that's my opinion. I'm telling you scripture. I'm not making something up. Do you hear me? I'm not, I'm not giving you suggestions. And, and some of you are looking at me like, that's harsh. That's not harsh. That's how bad do you want to see that person saved? And how important are you going to say to them, this is not something you can wait for. Right? You'll, you'll, which just passed, you'll line up for Black Friday. You'll go and, and, and camp out for after Christmas sales. You won't wait for those. But you'll wait for eternal life when you're ready. It will pass you by. And for the negative response, implore them, beg them, plead with them to escape the coming judgment of God. You don't understand. God's judgment is coming. You don't understand. You are under the wrath of God if you don't repent and believe. And they may say, I don't care. I don't believe in any of that. Then speak to them of hell. Hell is eternal. Hell is real. Hell is eternal separation from God. There is no future for you. You will be separated from Christ forever. And listen, they will never be able to say, no one told me. And you walking away, letting them feel comfortable in their unbelief. You will be held accountable for not speaking the complete truth. So don't hold back. Don't be afraid. Christ promises that he's with you, that his spirit is in you, and the power is in the gospel, so share it. What do we lose by offending? We've already lost. Who cares? Right? Never leave them comfortable. Here's a few more suggestions for evangelism. If you want to evangelize more, I would say go to the same stores. Get to know the people around. Get to know the people you're around and then build relationships with those people. Whether it is someone that you get a haircut with, whether it is going to the same grocery store, the same coffee shop, uh, whatever it is, frequent those same places. So that you know those individuals and that you can have at least enough relationship with them that you can share the gospel with them. Now, you can do that with someone you don't have a relationship with. But hopefully someone that you have built a relationship with, you can see them on a consistent basis. You can ask them how things are going. You can ask them about, hey, so have you joined a church yet? But at least you've built a relationship with them that you are constantly seeing them and constantly visiting them. What about family? Many of you have a lot of family members that are not saved. Have serious conversations with them. My wife has done that a number of times with her siblings and with her cousins. Just sat down with them and just shared the gospel with them. And you know what? We're praying that the fruit of those conversations, that that, that's going to grow and blossom one of these days. That's our prayer. 
that it's been shared. Now we're just praying that people are coming along and watering it. That's, that needs to happen in your, your families. Where you just sit down with them and say, listen, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're my cousin, you're my mom, my dad. I just need to share with you. And the good thing about them is usually, maybe not, but maybe, usually they're not going to disown you. They may avoid you because, you know, now all of a sudden you're the preacher who wants to share with them the gospel all the time. But that's a lot better than them not knowing where you stand and them not knowing the gospel. You can at least know that they're avoiding you because you've shared the gospel and that they don't want to deal with it. Amen. Be prayerful. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Pray for them and be ready for them. Amen. Don't be content. Work on the knowledge, your knowledge, your understanding, your presentation of the gospel. Don't be content with what I've said to you and think you got it. Work on it. Write it out. Say it to yourself. If you were in, in the car, maybe pretend like you're telling your, your, your wife or your children the gospel. Or as you're driving home, try this. Here's an assignment for you as you're driving home. If you're driving home with a wife or with a girlfriend or, or with siblings or with children, ask them, hey, test time. Tell me the gospel. And see how they do. Why are you looking at me like that? What's the matter with you? Wake up. Share the gospel. Tell them, hey, buddy, or hey, uh, honey, whatever. Tell me the gospel, buddy. Tell me the gospel. (laughs) I hope you don't call your wife, buddy. But tell them. Share the gospel with me. You guys are making me embarrassed now. Share the gospel with them. Right? Share it with them. Don't you want that to be better? Of course you do. Don't you want that? Listen, don't you want that to be clearer? Yes, you do. The clearer it is, the more confident you will be, the more you will share it. So do that. Amen? Even if you're in here and you've got a, a, a brother standing around saying, hey, can I share the gospel with you? Can, you? can you tell me how I did? There are people in here who are not going to laugh at you and kick you out inside the rain. They're going to say, that's a good job. Let me help you here. Or what about this? Be encouraged. There are there is family here who care about you and who wants you to do the best to to glorify God. Then finally, and we're done. Trust in the sovereignty of God. I said this already. You roll away the stone. God raises the dead. It's not on you. It's on him. Your responsibility to share the gospel. His responsibility is to bring life. So if you don't see someone fall on their knees and repent, it's not your fault. You did your job. You shared the gospel. And God will do his job. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this night and thank you for this time.